Hello dreamers, thinkers and doers, welcome to Ideate with Florian. This is the podcast that dives into the minds of innovators and risk takers who've dared to make their dreams a reality. I'm your host, Florian Hornaar, and through my 25-year journey in the software industry, I've had the privilege of contributing to small and medium-sized companies in various roles, including software engineering, sales and management. As a lifelong learner, I cherish the opportunities to connect with professionals from diverse fields and grow together. I'm excited to explore the journeys of our guests with you, so let's dive in. In today's episode, we explore the impact of coaching and networking in the startup ecosystem. Our guest, Niels Bogert, shares his experiences coaching startups and investing in an innovative virtual reality company called SenseGlove. We also discuss his relocation to Slovenia and his involvement in the local startup scene there. As someone who's curious about how people navigate significant changes in their life, I found this episode both enlightening and inspiring. If you share an interest in the startup world and personal reinvention, I encourage you to join us for this engaging conversation. Hello, Niels. How are you? Hey, Florian. I'm doing great. How are you doing? Great. I can see it's sunny where you are. That is really weird because I'm in the Netherlands and it's not really sunny here. So where are you? Yeah, I recently or a few months ago, I moved to Slovenia. Slovenia is in the yeah, the eastern part of Europe. It is uh, just south from Austria and uh, east from Italy. It is uh, what they call the sunny side of the Alps. Is that Austria, Graz, that, that area, and then a little bit south? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. But even more west from Graz is already Slovenia. And then to the south, you would have Croatia. That's right, Croatia. So uh, we have easy access to beautiful beaches uh, in Croatia. You're making me jealous. <laughs> you're, in, you're in the capital, then, is that? Yeah, we live in, uh, in Ljubljana. In the capital here, that is really where everything is going on. And outside of the capital, there is really uh, much less industry and business uh, compared to the capital. And the last time that we met was actually in Delft, or better said, The Hague. I always feel that Delft is more appropriate <laughs> because we're sort of neighbors, right? And we were yeah. neighbors. We lived in the same street. Yeah. And uh, we were also neighbors at work because we, <laughs> we had offices right next to each other, which was really funny. And so that's where we met. And at that time, you were still working for a company called Senseglove. Yeah. And can we little, tell a little bit about what Senseglove is and what your current involvement is with that company? Yeah, absolutely. Senseglove is a, um, a scale-up at the moment. When I joined, this was about five years ago, SenseGlove was a startup and they were founded just uh, a year earlier. And I invested in SenseGlove and you could say I did a management buy-in. So I also became responsible for the uh, the operations of the company. And what SenseGlove is doing is they are creating a glove that you can wear in your hands. And with that glove, you can have real interactions with virtual objects. So just imagine that you are in VR, you're wearing a VR headset, you can see all kinds of really cool things, but usually you have controllers in your hands, sort of joysticks with buttons. And if you want to pick up something, then you don't grab it with your hand and you cannot feel it, but you press a button and then all of a sudden it is in your virtual hand. And with the Sense Glove, we make this really intuitive and natural. So if you want to grab an object like a cup or maybe a drill in the virtual environment, you do that in the same way as you do that in real life. And what really is amazing about the Sense Glove is we can also provide a force and haptic feedback. 
So if you hold on to this virtual object, you can actually feel that you're holding on to it in your hand uh, through the force feedback and also the vibration that we can give to your real hand and fingers. And then the first application I think about is gaming, but I'm wrong there probably. <laughs> now, yeah, the gaming industry is not so large. If you look at virtual reality and what we have seen is there's much more interest in, yeah, you could call it serious gaming. So there are a lot of uh, large companies that are very interested in using virtual reality because they can save quite a lot of money on having physical assets. It is often much cheaper if they can have those assets virtually. So think about, for instance, anything expensive like a car. If you want to train people to assemble a car, it's expensive to have the real car. It's much cheaper to have a virtual car. You can train many more people at the same time. It doesn't matter if they make mistakes. They cannot damage anything or think of an engine of an airplane. The engine, uh, people have to be trained to uh, maintain the engine, for instance. Very expensive to have an engine just sitting around waiting for someone to do training. It's much cheaper to have the same engine in virtual reality. Yeah, especially if that uh, assembling a tra uh, an engine, if it goes wrong, it damages the engine. And yeah. then the cost of the engine are like thousands of... Yeah, yeah I can see that. And your, your current involvement with the company is... Currently, I, I resigned from my position as uh, the responsible for the operations. And now my yeah involvement is just uh, as an investor, shareholder. And basically, that is because uh, we... As I indicated, we recently moved to Slovenia, and, and this is because my wife is from Slovenia, and she really was missing Slovenia quite, uh, quite a lot. And I always thought that she would get used to it. You know, we would spend just about every vacation in Slovenia, but this, this homesickness that she had uh, didn't go away. So at some point, I realized that there's no other way than to move to Slovenia, and um of course, I cannot say that I was finished at Senskloff, but it felt as if I could leave my task up to other people. And so I was, uh, I felt free to, to move to Slovenia. Yeah, it's always hard to define the word finished. That is true. When are you finished with it? So on the podcast, I, I'd like to invite people who are taking a leap, now starting on a new project and, uh, and knowing your story that you actually moved countries, not just to Belgium or Germany, but all the way to Slovenia. A different language, you quit your work at Sensclove, moving in a new direction. I thought, okay, if someone's taking a leap, <laughs> I need to talk to Niels, right? So let's make that leap together. And what are you working on at the moment? What's your, uh, what's your big project or projects, I guess? Well, this is one of the great things of moving to a different area where everything is new and no one knows me yet is that you can really define yourself. You can position yourself differently as how it was in the Netherlands. And what I'm doing currently, I am establishing myself as an uh, investor and a coach. And what I've learned is I really like this balance of investing in a company and at the same time, so I'm, I'm really focusing on tech startups and I like to invest in really the early stage. And in this early stage, I try to advise or I, I am coaching the, the startups in such a way that I can yeah, maximize the success of the startups. And this combination, I really like. I love how you've rephrased that. It's not that you say, hey, I'm going in a new environment. I know nobody there, uh, help, help, help. It's more like, hey, I'm going to a new environment. Awesome. 
I can reinvent myself. I can reposition myself. But nobody knows me here as Niels, who I was in the past. I can break with the past and, and move on to the future. Is that a correct assessment? Or, or did you already know people? Did you have a network? Or how did that go? In this field, I, I really didn't know anyone before I moved to Slovenia. Well, I have to be honest, what I did before the move, I already started to network. And through this networking, I got in contact with, with really wonderful people in Slovenia. And I was very pleasantly surprised because I realized that the startup scene is quite developed in Slovenia. You cannot compare it with Holland, but it is uh, on a level that is serious and a level that is sufficiently professional that you can do good business here. And what advice would you have for people who, who claim that I don't know anyone? What is really important is that you, that you approach people. What was really important for me is to is, is the networking aspect. So if you go to an, an, a new country, what I did, what was really crucial for me is to get in contact with people. For me, LinkedIn was really a great tool. I just started to approach people that I didn't know, but I saw were very influential in the startup scene. And often uh, I reached out to these people. I asked if, if I could perhaps have, you know, a 10 or 15 minute call with them just to get a little bit of information. Are there special events where I have to be? Are there special groups that I should be involved in? And often these people were very happy to help me. And Slovenia is, of course, a small country and the startup scene is not so much developed as in the Netherlands. So it, it also really helped that I came from Holland and that I had the experience that I had with Senseglove and, and other companies. So the people that I was reaching out to were, I think, directly also seeing the added value that I could bring to the scene the startup scene in Slovenia or perhaps to them personally. So it's a matter of just reaching out, believing in yourself, but you also have to bring something to the table. Yeah. And now you're working there as a as an investor, as a as a coach. Let, let's focus on the latter first, the, the, the coaching. How does it work? Like let's say you want to start coaching startups or, or companies. Do you just go to the grocery store and say, hey, can I coach you? Or how does that go? I started coaching already in Holland because if you have the ambition to invest in startups, then it is very nice if you can take a look under the hood, right? And if you're a coach, then you can really see how the company is, is doing. So it's actually you're, you're spying a little bit on the company and this helps you with this insider information to make a really good assessment if this is a company that you would like to invest in. So once I realized this, I started coaching and, and then... It was so interesting. I actually realized that I have really a lot of knowledge that is really valuable to early stage startups. And this was really great. So I really loved the energy that these, you know, these, these uh, people of startups have. And they really appreciated the um, advice that I could give. And I think really important is I'm not really theoretical. So there are a lot of books with beautiful uh, flowcharts and, and uh, approach plans and all these kind of things. I have my knowledge from practical experience and I've also validated this. So I think that is also very valuable advice that you can give. And also uh, a lot of the startups appreciated this very much. So I started in Holland and then I continued here in Slovenia through investments that I did in, in companies. But here in Slovenia, the government has organized a yeah, startup program and local startups can apply to this program. And once they are accepted, 
they get a little bit of funding, which is really awesome. And they also have access to coaches and mentors like, like me, people with experience. In that way, I was also invited to a few different events. And in that way, people got to know me and asked me um, if I could be their mentor or, or coach. Right. So you have to put yourself out there, get in touch with the right people, yeah. join the programs that are already there. And then one thing leads to another. And as long as you bring value to the table, you will get in touch with the right people, then I guess. Yeah. This season of the What's the Big Idea podcast is sponsored by Collaboration Superpowers. We help individuals, teams, and leaders work together from anywhere successfully. And just for listeners of this podcast, we have a special remote working success kit ready for you. With everything from personal user manual templates to team agreement guides, virtual meeting planners, and team building tips, you can download your remote working success kit from collaborationsuperpowers.com slash superkit. And now on to some big ideas. What is really interesting, I moved here. It's not that I had a extremely clear plan of what I was going to do because I didn't know I didn't know Slovenia really well. So I had to find right. the match. And this was really interesting. So I've already learned from the coaching that I did in the Netherlands that I can really bring valuable advice and knowledge to early stage startups. Then it was really interesting because these Slovenian people, they saw this this Dutch guy coming to Slovenia, which doesn't happen really often, you know, people with my sort of uh, skill set and experience. So they start to invite me if I want to give a presentation or if I want to give a workshop. And I still remember the first presentation that I gave. I never gave a presentation on the operations, on scaling the operations of an early stage startup. So I was actually really nervous and I didn't know what kind of audience uh, there was. <laughs> I, I was really stumbling through the first minutes uh, of my presentation. But then also there, I realized, wow, you know, I can even bring more added value here in Slovenia because also the whole startup scene, it is, you know, it's not bad organized, but it is not as well organized as it is in the Netherlands. So in that way, I, I sort of naturally came to this role that I'm now playing here in trying to establish myself more stronger in the, in the ecosystem. This reminds me a bit of the book that Seth Godin wrote, I think, 15 years ago, The Purple Cow where if every cow is black and white and brown, it's not special. But if a purple cow enters the field, it was like, wow, this is this is something we've never seen before. And you're sort of the purple cow. The, the, the Dutch guy coming into the Slovenian ecosystem all of a sudden with a different skill set. Yeah. Because I think that every ecosystem eventually comes to a standstill if there's no new influx of, of change. Yeah. And it seems that you, you're bringing that. And that's very valuable for an ecosystem and for startups. Yeah, I think you're right. I'm now here for about six months. And uh, what I see is that, so this coaching goes in phases and in certain periods. And after a period ends, the startups can choose also another mentor or coach. And what I see is that they come back to me. 
So now all of a sudden I have quite a lot of startups that I can coach. I can hardly accept more <laughs> than I'm doing at the moment. So I also see that the way that I sort of position myself uh, is validated and is also appreciated, not only by, uh, by these startups, but also by, by other networks that we have here in Slovenia. There's a little bit of surprise in your, in your voice when you say, hey, they come, they come back to me. How <laughs> do I detect that correctly? Yeah, it's not that I was really doubting on myself, but it is also interesting uh, because if you are coaching startups, there's also a little bit of a difference between my mentality or the mentality that we would have in the Netherlands and the mentality that startup founders have here in Slovenia. So it's always the question uh, Can they appreciate this or am I perhaps too direct? Is the approach that I have really compatible? Because you were making this example of the purple cow. Maybe no one likes the the color of purple and thinks it's disgusting and want to get rid of this purple cow. But apparently they they don't mind and they perhaps even enjoy the color of purple uh, among the normal cows. Yeah, I've coached people before and, uh, and companies too. And my experience was that at the end of the session, I always like, this was a session, but I, I have no idea what I actually added of value. And then later I got the feedback like, oh man, that was really good. And I really got a lot out of it. Yeah. And yeah. I, I, I'm really happy to hear that. And I hoped that, but I didn't know. Yeah. So that's what my personal experience. So we talked a little bit about, about coaching. We talked a little about the, uh, the, the investments that you're, you're doing not too much yet. You do using the coaching board to look under the hood. And if you like what you see, then that's when you make an investment offer, I guess. What about I found really interesting in your story is that you said that you didn't come to Slovenia with a fixed plan. I can imagine that you came with the Slovenia with a with a sort of a dream or an aspiration or something that you say, okay, this is where I see myself in the future. Well, if I'm really, really completely honest, please be. That makes the show more interesting. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I was really open and didn't have a fixed plan of how I was going to develop my professional career here in Slovenia. Right. So my main motivation of moving to Slovenia was, as I indicated, my wife. And that is why I said, okay, now is for me also the time that I can uh, leave Holland. So let's go. I also have two kids. So for me, it's very important that I also help them to transition in the most optimal way to adapt to Slovenia. So I thought, let's take the first year of being in Slovenia just to get to know Slovenia, to explore what possibilities are for me how I can in the most effective and meaningful way also spend my time here in Slovenia. And of course, I also have to create some income. So initially I I thought, let's take one year. I should not feel obliged to do a lot of work, but it's now half a year after we moved. And I am already since the third month or something, I'm almost working full time. And that is also including, you know, uh, the the language course that I'm doing because the language is quite difficult. But um, it went much faster than I actually had thought. So what I can conclude from this is I moved to Slovenia without a really fixed plan. But for some reason, I found my way quite efficiently. And I'm now positioned myself in in a way that um, allows me to really use my time in an efficient and meaningful manner. Sounds like the uh, the saying that you overestimate what you can do on the short term and you underestimate what you can do in the long term. That's sort of what applies here. Yeah. Because you say, okay, in, in a year I want to be sort of have an idea or maybe 
and in three months you already had it. Yeah. But within a week you're like, oh man, time flies. You know, where, where did my week go? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that, is, that is what happened. Yeah. So um, it, okay, so you're working as coach, you're working as an investor. For folks who are listening to this, how can they help you on your on your journey? What are you looking for? Who do you want to connect to? This is your opportunity to uh, to reach out to to my to my large audience of two. <laughs> What is really, um, there's such an immense power in networking. And I'm also, as, as a coach, I'm trying to connect people with each other. So I'm really interested in getting in touch with people that uh, have an interest in Slovenia, especially, of course, in, in the business aspects of Slovenia. Uh, for instance, people that are interested in maybe exploring if they can do investments here in Slovenia or what they call the not only Slovenia, but the Central and Eastern Europe uh, area. So I'm really interested in getting in contact with those people and also uh, yeah, other businesses that are perhaps looking for a subcontractor in Slovenia or people that are interested in Slovenia to uh, or in this region to get involved in in the startup scene. So maybe very to make it really concrete, I have um, one one of my portfolio companies is at, is at the moment looking for a chief technical officer. And we can even offer this person yeah, a late founder's position or title. And what are the qualifications that you're looking for? Is this a hardware company or software company? Yeah, this is a software company. Yeah, they make an app for charity organizations. And so in this case, we're really looking for uh, someone doesn't have to be extremely experienced, can be someone quite fresh from the university, preferably with some entrepreneurial experience. And of course, with the ambition growing into a uh, yeah, CTO of a software company. And you mentioned that you're, you're already coaching many companies. Are you looking for other coaching opportunities as well? Or are you closed for business in that area? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm never closed for business uh, in this area. But I've, I, I see that I have to be a little bit uh, picky uh, on this. So... I really want to make sure that I have really have a strong feeling that I can have a huge impact on the company yeah. or, you know, an optimal impact on the company. So I, I will not just uh, accept every company for coaching. Right. And I guess that works both ways because if there's not a good fit, then we shouldn't force. Yeah. Force coaching. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's wonderful. I will put all the contact information for you that you want to share and your, your call to action for coaching the CTO position, investment uh, opportunities. I will put it in the show notes. And um, that's how people can contact you if they want to reach out. Niels, it was a pleasure interviewing you. I had a lot of fun. I hope you had a lot of fun too. Thank you. Thank you very much for this opportunity, Florian. I really enjoyed it. I always uh, like to speak with you. And uh, good luck with, uh, with everything. Thank you. Talk to you later then. Bye. Bye. And there you have it. Another inspiring episode of the Ideate with Florian podcast. As always, I encourage you to visit our website at ideatewithflorian.com. That is ideatewithflorian.com. Here you will find links related to this episode as well as other episodes. My name is Florian Hornar and I hope this story inspires you to take your own leap of faith. Thank you for joining us and until next time.